Welcome everyone, We Have Issues, our weekly comic book podcast that opens the vault, feels the boom, weathers the aftershock, and marvels at every issue released this week. I'm your host, Keith, and I'm joined by my stalwart sidekick, who's always at my side, Hostway. It's that sweet time of the year, like those last couple of weeks where I don't, where it's like low, low pressure, because we're past the Remy's, and I can actually enjoy myself now. <laughs> <laughs> Not that we don't enjoy reading comics. Oh, yeah, no, but like that, that immense pressure of like that week before, for me, the night before of just coming up with like what I really loved all year, not going to do that next year. I really need more time than one day. I'm gonna I'm gonna maintain the list throughout the year now. Yeah. So so we can go back to it. So I don't have to literally read every tweet I did all year to figure out what we read. So uh but yeah, thank you so much for joining us for our regularly scheduled show. I hope you checked out our Remy special where we nominated our favorite books for the year. We're gonna talk about more more about that at the end of the episode. Um but as always we are here to talk about comics and I'm gonna go ahead and jump in with some news. Uh, so this is, uh, not comic related, but it's literature related. And I want to make sure I mention it because I want to make it clear how disgusted I am. I used <laughs> to be a big fan of Helena Bottom Carter and now I'm not. <laughs> I <laughs> yeah. hate seeing that one. Not only did she defend Johnny Depp, she also defended JK Rowling and that's enough to just written off. Done. Yeah. Done with her. And I haven't seen Enola Holmes yet. Enola Holmes two yet. So, and she's in it and I really want to see it and I'm worried she's mm. going to ruin it. So. Uh, so moving on from that, because we don't want to give her any more attention than she's already gotten. Um, I would like Hostway's opinion on the second Super Mario Brothers trailer. Oh, um, I haven't seen it. Oh, well, okay. that's one I didn't see. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Um, I think Chris Pratt's making an effort. Okay. He, he does the Marvel Wahoo really well. He goes, Wahoo! Like, mm-hmm. he does it just like Mario. So I, saw, I thought that sounded really good. Um I didn't know if it was part of this trailer or if it was like the dub, but there's like a part where there's like a Japanese dub where it's like, it's a me Mario, but it could actually just be the Japanese dub of, of Mario, but it sounds like super like gruff and serious, like super. No, that's, him. that's him. That's that. I think that's the joke though. I think it's supposed to be like an action movie, like parody. In oh, okay. Moment. That's the only thing I've like, I don't think people are understanding that part. So we also get to hear Charlie day speak as Luigi and he sounds exactly like Charlie day. And I haven't heard a single person have a problem with it. So what a fascinating development that is. Uh, but yeah, I think it looks really cool. We get to see donkey Kong. Um, there's also an extended Mario Kart sequence. Ooh, nice. Where, and literally he slides and makes blue sparks. Oh, sick. Yeah. So yeah, I think you'll really dig it. Check out the trailer when you get a chance. All right, uh, we are going to talk about a little bit of sad news before we move on to the big two. Um, first of all, uh, George Perez, big person we're big fans of. Um, of course, he passed away earlier this year. Uh, his wife is actually auctioning off three of his Hawaiian shirts, the shirts that he's known for, uh, for auction to basically raise money for the family. And I really want to buy one. <laughs> I wish they're probably going to be insanely expensive. But I would really, enjoy, I would really appreciate buying one of those. I think he's a smaller guy than me too, so I don't know. I wouldn't be able to wear it or anything. So, um, and Peter David, one of my favorite comic creators on the planet, um, he is unfortunately struggling with several health issues. Mm-hmm. Um, on top of kidney failure, uh, he also had a series of strokes and a mild heart attack. Oh, shit. And Liz was like, oh, because that's one of the few people that Liz will recognize my name because X Factor Investigations. So, yeah. Um, so best of wishes, there is a GoFundMe set up for his family. So 
if you are so inclined and if you're able to, please contribute to them because he is a legend. He is one of the best ever. Yeah. So. And then my last bit of this sad, sad news <laughs> that we're going through. Um, if I say the name Crumb, do you know who I'm talking about? The Ariel Monsters character? No, okay. It's it's um it's a comic book creator. Um oh. and it's one of the most legendary ones. You would recognize the art if you saw it. Mm-hmm. Um uh unfortunately, uh so Aline Kaminsky Crumb has passed away at the age of seventy-four. Oh, uh, this is a major, major thing that it's hard to really express exactly like how much of an impact they had on comics. Um, it, it, they're they're known for a lot of things, and it's it's funny because it's not not the comics you would think of. Uh, one of the original indie people, they're more mostly comic strips. I just sent you a link. It's got a bunch of their stuff. But when you see the art, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Right, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, they did pass away, which is just, you know, awful. But again, 74, you know, that's a, that's a good age. 74 is a good age. Yeah. They didn't die young, you know, and that's good. Um, but yeah, a lot, lot of, been seeing a lot of stuff about that. So uh, going over to a little bit, you know, more you know, positive news. DC has announced something that has actually intrigued me quite a bit. So you got the DC Universe thing with the subscribers so you can read comics, right? Mm -hmm. DC Universe's Ultra tier has expanded with thousands of adult-only titles, including a lot, a lot of Vertigo titles. Ooh, okay. Sam and Mystery Theater. um, Let's see. uh, Books of Magic. Death, the high cost of living, so uh, like the classics, Kid Eternity, Children's Crusade, Goddess, Witchcraft. There's so many good ones here, like uh, the Animal Man Annual '93, which is so good. By the way, check it out. Mm. Um, just basically a lot of Vertigo books. Um, the list is insane. It just keeps going. I keep scrolling. So, um, yeah, I'm very excited about that because they they were they were keeping it to more of the family friendly books. But if you get the ultra tier now, you have access to those. I might actually get a subscription to the DC Universe because of that now. So, and then we'll have access to that, and we can use that for reading parties and stuff. So, and then the other bit of DC news is James Gunn posted a picture of oh, a God. shot from Kingdom Come. Jesus, and put making plans. Now, I there's a lot of people being like, he's making a Kingdom Come movie, and I'm like. I don't think so. I think literally this is a group of people making plans. <laughs> I, I mean, like, it could just be very literal with taking very little with a picture, but at the same time, DC just loves to jump the gun. But intended, like Flash's first movie is meant to be fucking Flashpoint, so we'll see. I'm fine with this one because it's a reset. Mm-hmm. They, they can completely reset the universe. They could end the Snyderverse entirely yes. and start over. So I think that's the best way to do it. So yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's curious. Um, I would kind of like to see our current Superman with the grays on his temples. Yeah, that would be also the cool. the, S, the S with the black background. Oh, give me that mm-hmm. one. It's just a good suit. I fucking love that one. So, but it was just like yeah. such a good tease, and it's just like, how fucking dare you? <laughs> out of all, out of all mm-hmm. of like pictures of DC, like in the DC universe of people making plans around the table, you had to go with that picture. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Unless it's that's like the, unless like the, like the next like big um, 
I guess like Endgame, like to to get to. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. Um, I, I honestly, I think he's trolling people. So <laughs> as he as he does. Yeah, he also mentioned, uh, by the way, that they've been doing some like research into who hasn't appeared in a DC movie yet that you really want to. Dead man. And you'd be you'd be very surprised who the number one hero is. Dead man. It's Booster Gold. Oh, well, that'd be cool too. <laughs> I love me some Booster Gold. So, fuck yeah, let's go. Uh, all right, now Marvel news. Uh, first of all, we have a tease in thir- in January. Black Panther thirteen is coming out, and it looks like we're going to get a team up because T'Challa is at odds with the Avengers in this. Oh, okay. And he's going to team up with, of all people, Namor. Ooh. Okay. Yes. Nice. Traditional enemies. Yep. Teaming up. Love it. I think that's really cool. I'm excited about that arc. So, um, next up, uh, some more good news I think you will really enjoy. Um, remember Aaron Fisher, the openly queer Captain America from the USA of yes. Cap? Mm-hmm. They are returning for a mystery project written by Josh Trujillo. Oh, why? Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, we don't know anything about it yet, but he did say there are plans to bring the character back in the works. That's cool. Yeah, that'd be really, really, really cool. I, I love that character. And, uh, I mean, we do have a big Captain America crossover coming up. Uh-huh. So, just saying. It'd be a good time to bring it. Uh, next. Uh, so, Spider-Man's co-creator, Steve Ditko, the legend Steve Ditko, his private comic book collection is heading to auction. Could you imagine? (laughs) Yes. Uh, He imagine having his copy of Amazing Spider-Man number one. Oh, get the fuck out of here. Or three, which has Dr. Octopus as the first appearance or 14 first appearance of Goblin. (laughs) Like, fuck. Like, that would be amazing, dude. Like, uh, so I just wanted to mention that there's no way we can afford it. But hey, it's fun. Um, Next up, I think this is cool. So. Um, are you familiar with, uh, primitive, uh, skateboards? Primitive skateboards? Uh, I don't think so. It's like, um, they make really high-end skateboard decks and they always have really nice art. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a cl- collab between Marvel and, uh, primitive and it's got, um, Galactus in it. And I-, I want you to see this cause I think it looks cool as shit and it looks like straight up your alley. Like, oh, I've been a, oh, that's cool. Yeah, right. And then if you scroll down, there's another. There's a hoodie they made. Oh, with the symbiote, right? That's awesome, right? <laughs> so, I love primitive design. I always have. I've never been much of a skater. Uh huh. But um, you know, I always like skate streetwear. So, yeah, yeah. I would prefer surfing. It doesn't hurt when you fall and surf. So. Oh, in the long sleeve forms with that with that carnage shirt instead of the hoodie. Yep. I like the long sleeve. Yep. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Uh and then also Hellcat. Okay, I'm just gonna I'm gonna vent about CBR real quick. CBR is a really great source of news. I use them for everything. But sometimes they make decisions that bother me. Tell me what is wrong with the title of this article. Hellcat, Iron Man's girlfriend lands brand new solo series. <laughs> <laughs> so much wrong with that. <laughs> like, 
I love Hellcat, and I cannot wait for the series. And it's going to be from Christopher Cantwell and Alex Lynn, so I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna buy it. But to reduce Patsy fucking Walker to Iron Man's girlfriend, like Jesus, what? A, I know you want to get clicks, and Iron Man's going to trend or whatever. It doesn't matter. No, it's don't do that. That's bad. <laughs> so I'm excited about that because it might tie in to some other books we're reading. Because last time we saw her, she was fighting uh, Blackheart. That's right. And that's what's going on in Ghost Rider right now. So, Mm -hmm. very interesting. And then finally, the rest of our news is about a trailer that dropped today, which is the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 trailer. Um, I I wanted to send you a couple things. First of all, there's a new poster. And in the group shot, Gamora is there. And it's actually a really sweet group shot of the group. Also, really cool. it's notable that Cosmos in the group. <laughs> yes. So I also oh, really love this bulky group. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Like a teenager that's grown too quickly. Like I yeah. love. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, Hit the gym yeah. a little too soon, but it's just like making it work. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about that. And then, uh, of course, there's a lot revealed. We get to see Adam Warlock for the first time. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited. Um, we also get our first look at Lila, which is Rocket Raccoon's girlfriend. Oh, yeah. Which was really cute. And we're not going to talk spoilers about the trailer because some people like to avoid trailers. Um, and I've just spoiled major things, but not what the context <laughs> is. Uh, but I think it looks really, really great. And I am going to cry my eyes out when I watch this movie. Yeah, it, it seems like it'll be pretty heavy. Like, there's, there's no, there's like no worry to like what it's supposed to lead up to. We're past that. Everything's on, everything's on its own right now. So it's, a re- it's gonna be a really nice setting for it to be a send off, a send off movie. Yeah, and w- I'm curious to see if it leads to. I mean, these movies make so much fucking money. Oh yeah, there's, there's no reason why we couldn't have like a different ensemble of team, but for like this core team that we, we've been freaking yeah. following. Well, I'm more concerned about the director. Oh, yeah. And no, I'm absolutely he is leaving. It'll, it'll shift. I mean, I'm sure they can get several of these people back. Uh, speaking of which, it appears that when uh, James Gunn's DC plans begin, uh, at least one member of the Guardians uh, is involved. And that's Palm Clementoff, uh, also known as Mantis. Nice. Seems to be already involved in his plans for the DC. That's so, cool. Start speculating what she's going to play. Internet, like I'm very excited about that. So, what did you? Uh, so, did you enjoy the trailer though? Oh yeah, no. There's, there's a lot of good cues, a lot of like focal points that are just uh, get my head spinning and heartstrings going. So we'll see. We'll see how it ends. The there's a great joke right at the beginning. That's 100 <laughs> yes, percent James Gunn Guardians joke. Like it's absolutely. Perfect. So, yeah, that immediately set the tone for that trailer. Also, I have to give a shout out to my boys, Space Hog, because I swear to God, no one knows who Space Hog is except for me and like three of my friends. <laughs> and they're they're the song in the trailer. Uh-huh. And I'm so excited for them to finally. It's a great be, song. It's such a good song. Like, and they were such a one hit wonder and they weren't even a hit, really. <laughs> like, they just kind of disappeared. I'm so happy for them. And I'm happy that. This time next year, people are going to be like, I love that band from the Guardians trailer. And I'll be like, (laughs) (laughs) like the hipster in me will be outraged. But yeah, that's all the news I got. Unless you had anything to add. Um, There was also the uh, since we just got her reveal, 
uh, Hollow's Eve is also going to get like her own mini, or at least like a, her uh, comics going to be coming out. Oh yeah, yeah, during March. Dark Web. Yeah, around March, uh, I guess like spinning out of Dark Web too. Um, and just like goes to show, like at least like Marvel tends to try. Someone new yeah. comes out, hit or miss, they're going to try. It'll they're be gonna at least... put, they're going to put something behind it. Yes, exactly. And like, I'm not knocking the character because I would love to see them like. To, to their fullest potential but it's like dc can we have like something from dreamer like instead of just like highlighting her here and there like give her a, give them a mini give her a fucking mini yeah. something and then to just like propel her for later but something a little bit of lore so we can have something to go back to something that's there and it's just like i hate that she, she just gets one shots or like they just don't like to try but here she, we did, go, have, here she did have that extended run in superman it's so, uh, superman give her her own book yeah and here she we, deserves okay, her own book or at least put her have, in a team Mm-hmm. It's something. Here we have Hollow's Eve, a villain, an antagonistic character right now, and she's gonna get her own, which is great. I'm excited for it too because I I really want to follow this uh, dark web. Yeah. Um. And after that, um, it's already out, so it's not really news news, but it's actually really cool because I've never read this. There's a really really sweet 40th anniversary collection of Love and Rockets, the first fifty, the first fifty. Hell yeah! And it looks really nice. It's like it's it's a box set of like eight hardcovers. I guess it goes to like the first fifty issues um, throughout the years, like like the eighties up to like ninety six, and it's like I would love to get it, but it's more than the Akira box set I just got, and the Akira <laughs> box set was bigger. This thing is four hundred dollars, and we have a few at the shop, and it's like, oh, I, I can't make the, that dive right now, but I would love to because it's like I've I've always heard great things from this series, but it's out there from Fantagraphics. It's a really nice box set. It's like white, black, it's black and white, and like where the books come out, like the spines are, are red and it's like a really cool picture, nice. but yeah, love and rockets. That's cool. That's really cool. Uh, yeah, that would be a good purchase, but I need to, I need to save money. I need, <laughs> I need to admit it too. I know. Like, <laughs> and and so. it makes me curious on like, are there going to be more? Cause like the way it's specifically titled the first 50. Yeah, true. Oh, we'll see. All right, well, let's talk about the comics of the week, and yes. let's jump in. As always, when we jump in, we don't land with a bang. We land with a boom, and Boom Studios is where we're starting off. First of all, let's start with Briar number two. Yes. Oh, I couldn't find a virgin cover. Yeah, baby. I had to go with this variant. That's so cool. That's a virgin, too. Oh, no, there it is. I see oh, it. Yeah. No. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, I love this cover, so... Written by Christopher Cantwell, illustrated by Herman Garcia, Matthias Lopes, coloring and letters by Anne World. Uh, we're continuing this alternate story of Sleeping Beauty, and it's cool as hell. And I love that she's almost in a wind style, gathering a little adventuring group around her as she goes. <laughs> I also like that she's, whereas she is our hero, she's there's major portions of her that are very unlikable. And I love that. I like an unlikable protagonist, you know, that has problems and isn't perfect. And um, I really like it. I like the new addition to the group to speak in a non-spoilery way. Oh, I know. Um, I love her. I showed Liz this and she's like, that looks great. And so she's probably going to read it once, once we get about six issues. Cause she doesn't, you know, issue by issue. She has to pitch. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but I really like it. It's so cool. Um, and it's one of those, you know, I think we're hitting another big boom period with boom. You know what I mean? Like, but we're going to start getting a bunch of really good books and I think it just started. So what did you think? I'm really liking where this is going. I, I can, it was kind of a dark turn, like following, following, uh, these witches, but I mean, like, it's cool that we're exploring all these, like, kind of like 
different lores around around the setting. Um, but yeah, a good a good turnaround of events, and uh, I'm also liking how the, how this group is developing because it, it was a nice save at the end. And the fucking villain, like the, with like that third eye sequence, and it's like right. I'm wondering how that how that comes uh, comes more into play. Definitely, really, really cool. Yeah. Speaking of really cool, damn them all, number two. Yes. So I was able to pick up damn them all, number one, mm-hmm. and read them both back nice. to back. So. I had to get this variant for two. Oh, that's sexy. Love it. Um, written by Cy Spurrier, illustrated by Charlie Adler, colored by Sophie Dodgson with Shane Hanakoi, and letter by Jim Campbell. Um, I love this book. I, yes. I, I wasn't sure. Because there, I think there were a bunch of ones that week, and I was kind of like, I don't know, you know, maybe maybe I'll skip one of the number ones. Hopefully, we'll get it. Someone will review it. But no, I'm hooked. This is really, really good. Cool. Um, I really enjoy it. I love the, I love Ellie. I absolutely adore Ellie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ellie's entrance in issue one, not to talk too much about issue one, was amazing. The way at the funeral. Oh right. Uh, great, great. Just a great way to do it. Um. And I'm just fascinated by the character. I think she's really cool. I think she has what it takes to be a major, like, comic character, you know, to carry a franchise. She's, like, perfectly flawed, and it's like, you want to see her come out of it. Exactly, yeah. And the ensemble is pretty great, too. I mean, there's several different really cool characters. The hook is really good, especially what we find out in this issue about, you know... The coins and everything and what's going on i think it's really cool it's a good hook it's definitely something that leads to a natural fun story i'm excited about this book quite a bit uh so i was very impressed catching up on it what did you think i love when certain writers particularly british writers are unapologetically british with their with their books and I, so, so i'm loving the setting i'm loving the tone that you kind of do have to read it as like if you're like adapting it in your head like through like a bbc uh uh feature but like it's like it's, it's, it's fucking cool and like God damn it! The beginning of this one of number two with the uh, the cop and like when she was like yeah. uh, talking to the the shooter and it's like holy shit that was fucked but god damn it I mean you gotta do your job um yeah it's, it's super cool I, I'm really I'm also liking how this ensemble is turning out even how the cop is also like why don't we just ask him nicely and just like literally appears and it's like oh it could it could also just be that easy um, <laughs> but yeah two issues in it's like I'm, I'm it's such an interesting story on like where it could go. Yeah, like it, it could just be a supernatural drama, but it's mm-hmm. also got the organized crime touches too, which I really yes. like. So just a really good combination. So yeah, that brings me to one of my solos, which is the approach number two. Uh, this is the one that's that I I hate comparing things directly to each other, but the thing, <laughs> it's, oh yeah, it's the people trapped in an airport in the snowstorm and there's a monster killing people. Uh, it kind of just more establishes, yes, this is a monster. Everybody knows it's out there, and now they're on alert, and what are they going to do about it? And basically, the decision is, we're going to hunt it down and kill it. Uh, so they're basically doing that. Uh, and when I say it's the thing, it's it's not jumping bodies or anything, at least not yet. It's not like that. It's just I'm saying, trapped with a monster in a snowstorm is really what I'm thinking. And then, my, I think my favorite part about it is there's a guy, they, I keep forgetting, there's a guy up in the tower by himself, Mm-hmm. You know, the tower at an airport, um, the air traffic tower. Yeah. He's up there by himself just waiting the snowstorm out. So occasionally he just radios them. So he's like, how's it going down there? They're like, oh, shit, we didn't tell you. There's a monster. We're going to kill. <laughs> like, it's, I love that. The guy's like, they're like, what? <laughs> like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, so. Uh, but yeah, I really, I'm really enjoying it. Um, I, I like the I like things like this that are obviously going to go for a short period. Um, written by Jeremy Hahn and Jason Hurley. Illustrated by Jesus Hervas and Leah Cavallero. 
color by Brett Weldele, and letter by Ed Dukeshire. So, good stuff. And my final boom solo is Magic Nihiri the Lithomancer. Are you familiar with Nihiri? Yeah, I I literally pulled, when she was first uh, introduced, I pulled her Planeswalker card. Nice. Uh, Written by Seanan McGuire, illustrated by Kath Lobo, letter by Ed Dukeshire, colored by Raul Angulo. Um, This goes back thousands and thousands of years with mm-hmm. her and it's it's such a great insight into this character and i really enjoyed it essentially it's her living forever you know and dealing with what the what kind of toll that takes losing people while you do it um one of the highlights to this was because she could speak to to stone she actually made friends with a mountain the mountain spoke back to her and nice. so she, they yeah. became friends so she what she would do is she would go to other planes and get rocks from there and bring it back to the mountain. It would absorb it so it could experience being other places at times. It's a really cool story. I really like this. Um, definitely made me interested in the character, and it's not one I was very familiar with. Um, but yeah, really, really good. Um, it, it's a perfect companion. It's one of those great you know, one-shots um, for Magic the Gathering Planeswalkers. Give every Planeswalker a one-shot. I don't care. I'll read them all. That's cool. So That's it for Boom! And there's no aftershock this week, so we are going to move on to IDW. And I only got one book for IDW this week. It is Star Trek Lower Decks number three. This appears to be the end of at least the arc, if not the entire series, which makes me sad. Uh, written by Ryan North, which might be a reason that it's getting... He's on, he's on Fantastic Four now, right? Was that Ryan North? Yes, yes. Okay, good. I was like, am I freaking confused? Yeah, I was like, he might be busy with Marvel news. Um, written by Brian, Ryan North, drawn by Chris Finagolio. Uh, there we go. Letters and design by Johanna Natalie and Jake Wood. Um, it's, I, I don't want to get too much into it, because if you're not familiar with Star Trek, much less Star Trek Lower Decks, I don't know how oh. to begin telling you about these characters. <laughs> um, but in the first, uh, the first issue... This is going to sound like nonsense to anybody, but this part you have to know. They used their holodeck to create Dracula and then accidentally gave this holographic version of Dracula sentience. And then he proceeded to hack the computer and give himself uh, complete control over his own programming as well as all these powers. And he just wants to drink their blood and they're like, can we just voluntarily give you blood and we'll be friends? He's like, yeah, sure. So he joins the crew. (laughs) And so Dracula is now a member of the Star Trek crew. This is Dracula flying through space on the cover. (laughs) Um, And my favorite part about him is when he's not there and someone's talking to him on the communicators, his reply is just, bleh. (laughs) It's just a little bubble that says, bleh. And I'm like, yes, that is the greatest thing that's ever happened in a comic book. I love that. Um, Long story short, he saves the day. And then he decides to join Starfleet full time, so he can't stay on the ship. But he's going to go train to become the best, you know, whatever. It's it's great. It's so much fun. I love this book. Um, check out the cartoon if you guys haven't. It's an amazing show. And yeah, um, it does indicate this is at least the end of the arc. I hope it's not the end of the book, but we'll see. Because I really enjoyed it. So yeah, I also missed issue two, so I had to go back and read that one too. So. <laughs> Next up is Dark Horse Comics, and I got two books, starting with The Roadie, number three. Uh, this way, still not on the board still yet. Still not on it. Um, written by Tim Seeley, art by Fran Galan, letters by El Torres, and covers by Fran Galan as well. Um, 
I would like to point out this is there's bits in this that are like you know when I read a Tim Seeley book I'm like there it is there's Tim <laughs> there's a call. I was like yep there he is that I love that joke like it's a very Tim thing to do um there is a group of let's just say lonely men who are very angry <laughs> oh. <laughs> or most it's mostly men I should say and um yeah they they're the bad guys obviously because it's great. And it, this one's mostly about the roadie trying to get to know his daughter and they're trying to bond a little bit. Uh, and he's not very good at it. <laughs> and it's, it's just really good. I really enjoy it. It also involves her mother, um, the demon, because she's half demon and what's going on there. And they're just trying to find like safe haven. I really, really like it. I, I again, I really, I really want you to check this out. I think there's only one more issue of this left. I think it's only a four issues run. So, mm. so if you guys want to catch up before we get issue four, because I'll definitely be reviewing that. Yeah, I probably will. Uh, hopefully, I can. I mean, it'll be a small trade too. Yeah, true. So, and then my other dark horse book is the return, the triumphant return, kinda, of the Star Wars: The High Republic Adventures. Nice. Which was originally an IDW book until they lost the license, and now Dark Horse has it. So. Um, but it's not following the same group of characters, which I think is unfortunate because I was a really big fan of the Padawan group. Oh. I liked I liked that we had Teen Titans Academy, which is the superhero school. We had Strange Academy, which is a magical school. And we basically had Jedi Academy, which mm-hmm. is the sci-fi school. We had them all running at the same time. That's my dream, basically. I love that shit. So this one's really good, though. It's a, it's a completely different focus, though. Written by Daniel Jose Older. Illustrated by Tony Bruno, colors by Michael Atea, letter by Comic Crafts Tyler Smith and Jimmy Betancourt. Um, it does focus on one character, Sav Malagan, and they are um, they're an alien uh, Padawan being trained. And long story short, they like to sneak out of school and go down to to Maz's cantina and you know rub elbows with all the you know roughnecks and everything like that. They get caught up in something, and basically they join a, a pirate crew, essentially, even though they're they're just sneaking out of school. So it just kind of sets it up and you know shows you all the new characters. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I really enjoy the all-ages Star Wars stuff. I always think it's done really well. So yeah, definitely, if you're a Star Wars fan, especially pick it up. I think you'll enjoy it. All right, and I believe that is going to be the end of our Independence for the Week. So we will start talking about image. Now I had no intention of picking up this book um, because I had never read the other books by this creative team and I wasn't sure. And I thought, well, Josue will probably get that. And so I'm glad I picked it up because Josue did not pick it up. (laughs) Uh, This is plush. Oh, it is the same creative team as plastic and vinyl. If you read either of those. Okay. Um, So, Written by Doug Wagner, art by Daniel Hilliard, color by Rico Renzi, and letter by Ed Dukeshire. I did almost pick up vinyl, by the way. I think I remember Stephen picked up vinyl. Yeah. So this one is... <laughs> How do I describe this book? It's, it's about a guy who finds out that his girlfriend is pregnant with someone else's kid. Oh. And he goes to a party. He goes to a furry party. Oh, I should also show you this cover. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, uh, just the cover alone, I was like, that would pique Hustle's interest. Mm-hmm. So, interest. So this dude's like, he goes to a furry party with his best friend, and he's in a chicken costume. So this is the furry party. 
And long story short, he his friend slips him some drugs so he'll have a good time. Okay. But he gets sick. He goes out back, throws up, and he looks up, and there are some furries cannibalizing somebody. Oh, shit. So he's like, what the fuck? And he runs away and runs into a cop. And guess what? The cop is the guy who impregnated his ex-girlfriend. So, of course, he just arrests the dude and says he's on drugs. But he is on drugs, but he didn't wittingly do it. Then there's this amazing scene where you find out the police chief is the father of the girl, of his girlfriend. And so the boss of the guy that impregnated her, and he's like, he's like, I'll let you go, basically, if you marry my daughter. And he's like, he impregnated her. He's literally pointing at the guy that he's like, he got her pregnant. And then he's like, uh, the the deputy goes, what? She hates condoms. <laughs> like, I'm like, <laughs> what? and basically he's like, your, your family has money and your family has connections. And if I'm going to, you know, I, I need support from families like that so I can get reelected. Basically. Jesus. I know it's like, wow, it's really kind of a little bit over the top. It's great. Um, the sheriff leaves and all the deputies decide they're going to beat the shit out of him. And then he sees them coming, but then out the window, he sees one of the cannibalistic furries. Oh, fuck no. And he's like, no, 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 no. And that's where it leaves off. <laughs> oh, shit. So, yeah, dude, I think it's going to be really interesting. It looks absolutely disgusting at times. There's also <laughs> there's also a Tony Flakes cover. So. Aw. Uh, excellent. <laughs> yeah, so this was a lot of fun. I did not expect it. I really enjoyed it. Um, we'll see. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with it because I think it did enough to really get my business. So that brings us to Josue's solo book of the week, Stillwater 16. Okay, Stillwater 16, uh, co-created by Chip Zarsky, co-created by Ramon K. Perez, art by Ramon K. Perez, and Mike Spicer on the colors, and Russ Wooten on the lettering. So it's about to be nothing but spoilers for Stillwater. So if you're behind, there was your warning. Big spoilers. <laughs> like, yes. I'm not reading Stillwater, and I got spoiled. <laughs> this whole thing is, a, is is the backstory of how the why of it all it happening. And we take it back all the way to 1842, when these triplets were born. Except for when one was a stillborn. And so, and we can't, and obviously, it was, they were just twins. Uh, 11 years later, we see this mom, like, watching her kids grow, and she's, like, happy. Then she's, like, like it's like it's a, it's a monologue on on Clara, basically. She's, like, she was a, the, the first immortal. It was, like, again, like, we left off on, like, it's all because of her. And it's it's just a one long monologue on just her, her comparing her two boys, like, how they're so different. Her always wondering, like, I wonder if the third one would would have been, like, right in the middle between them. He would have, like, disputed all, like, their fights between the two, but, like, She'll never get to know. Also, like the her like her husband is like the pastor, so he basically has like been gaslighting her, being like such thoughts are wicked, so you shouldn't be thinking about the past like that. But it's like fuck you, dude. This mother's grieving. You're probably never there for her. So we cut to ten years later to 1862, start a civil war, and she picks up a job on drawing maps for the North for like just um, different battalions, and obviously she knows the area. One of the sons. Uh, uh, picks up arms and goes and leaves um, and basically just like destroys like the, the bond between the two brothers and the dad blames like the son and she's trying to be there for like the remaining one a year later they're all coming back to visit the ones that made it 
and she didn't get the telegram. And so she's like distraught again that she lost now two out of the three. And now she's like completely, she completely flips on her, on like the remaining son. That's like, starts blaming him. If he had, if he had gone with him, maybe he would have like watched his back and they would have both been alive. And he kind of claps back at her and like the, the father like slaps the son. So then he like out of spite for whatever reason, maybe out of spite. Then so he, he enlists. So he's like, you know, fuck this place. Um, and that's about the time when I guess like he's still like around that he hasn't completely left that the, the South finally made it to Stillwater. And she had, she had, she was still doing her drawing, drawing the maps uh, job though. At this point she was kind of like enough's enough. And she basically like calls out the first, the, the, the stillborn son, like by calling out his name, Luther, like she gets like this apparition of him maybe. And she makes like a, this like plea on like this. She doesn't want like her last son to die either. Um, so she's like, so he kind of makes a deal with this, or she makes a deal with this spirit. And he's like, so you would stop everybody from dying. It's like, yes, like, I'll, I'll do anything. I'll give, I'll basically give it myself. And she's kind of clutching like the, the unfinished map of the town. And so like with like, it's kind of like the deal is drawn, the deal is made and drawn by her blood. And she draws this border around Stillwater, thus triggering the immortality in the town at that point, because the South had gotten there and there were some Northern soldiers it becomes an all-out just fight, just oh, grisly-ass battle. And they're not dying. They keep coming back up and just, like, continuing the fight. And it is just brutal. It goes on for four days. They lo- they basically lose their son. Like, they can't find him. And after the fourth day, she's like, she tells us, the her husband's like, yo, we need to get the fuck out of here. Let's go to the border of, like, the, let's go to the outskirts of the town. He doesn't complete, he doesn't know this. He would completely flip on her. Um, and as they're making the run for it, she s- hits an invisible wall. Like she can't cross her own border. Oh, and so and, it cl- and so it, so it all clicks for like the husband being like, "Oh, you're a fucking witch." He gives like the sermon. He basically drags her back into like where the fight's happening. Makes everybody stop. Like, oh, it's all my- it's my wife's fault. She's the witch. That's why nobody's dying. The sun shows up. Or basically, they're they're all getting together. Like we need we need to get rid of her. They start they start like digging up a hole, and that's when the sun shows. I was like, Dad, what the fuck are you doing? That's mom. And it's like, no, she's not. She's a witch. She belongs to like the devil. And as she's a and as she's being buried, um, some sneaky southerner comes in with um with his bayonet and stabs him through the back like the sun. And because she's like under, because she's being buried, it's canceling out the the curse. So the the last son fucking dies too. Jesus Christ, dude! And she gets this, and she witnesses that last thing until she's able to free herself, dig her way out in 1985 Jesus. when the cur- when the curse triggers all over again. And now because and so she's just freaking out. He's like, oh shit, they're gonna bury me again. Like she's like, shit, everything's so foreign, it's so super futuristic. They're gonna get me again. And this one library, and then so she goes to the library and she's like, kind of gathering the history. And that night just ended up being like this, like long legend, like this legend rumor of the town that nobody really believes in anymore, except for this old kooky librarian. They're just like, oh fuck, almost like it's you. Not that she's like that old either, but maybe she was like this, like long believer of that tale too. Right. Um, because the first thing she does is burn the fucking library down with librarian <laughs> with the librarian inside, <laughs> and then she comes out like unscathed because like nobody can die anymore. And so that's basically the whole story of how Stillwater came to happen. And at the end of it, it's like everybody like her, her telling like the, the crew that we were that we've been following. 
and they realized, oh shit, we left a dead body back at where like, and at the end of the last issue, Galen and the and the rest of the assholes are about to find it, and then they're about to realize what is really happening now. Ah, uh, finally, answers. It's been worth <laughs> it, but holy shit, not the answer I was expecting, but really fucking brutal. Really, actually, really fucking cool. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I've been as I'm not reading it with you, I'm still hearing about it every issue. Mm-hmm. So I've been kind of like, I wonder where they're going to go with this. Where yeah, me too. So, yeah, that's really cool. So the next one is the penultimate leading up to the finale. Makes sense. 18. 18 is a good number. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Next up, uh, Dead Lucky number four. Uh, loving this book, by the way. Written mm-hmm. by Melissa Flores. Art by French Carlo Magno. Colored by Mattia Iocono. And flats by Luca Mattioni with letters by Becca Carey. I love this character so much. BB is amazing. Uh, I love the complexity of her. I like the um, I like the various parts that come together to make her a character, and I really enjoy it. And I like the unique take on the, you know the PTSD phenomena. Yeah, like I think that's really cool to incorporate it with her powers, essentially. And we get a couple revelations in this issue. We get some also really great action. And a really cool final scene is what I'll say, where I'm like, yes, fuck yes, let's go. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I'm thoroughly enjoying this book, and I'm, I'm, I'm really worried it's going to end at five. Um, because it kind of feels like it could, and I don't want it to. I hope that um, she's able to play a larger role in the massive verse. Um, yeah which would be really cool and again i still feel like we're leading up to a big crossover that that would make sense i i, I would expect another super massive um book to come out but uh, like i hope this isn't a mini like the way red was because i mean rogue send keeps uh is going on but i mean that's also a really good book well we talked about they seem to have three of these books at one time at all times that's true and, and inferno go red's are going to start soon that's true so that's what i'm kind of worried about but I enjoyed it. I thought it was really cool. Did you want to add anything? Um, yeah, it's just like uh, it's like I'm I'm at the point now. Like we've been going around the, the massive verse for a while now. I'm at the point where it's just like not even like which one's my favorite anymore because we've had that conversation. It's just like I'm at the point where like I'm um, fanboying and then like what powers would I want? Like Rogue Sun is super cool, right. but it's all fire. Um, Radiant Black is super dope because it's just fucking black holes manipulating black holes, and the other radiants are, are have like their own powers, but. I'm always a sucker for electricity powers, like even like with static, but like she's got more to it too. And I, I love her design, henching off of like a sugar skull. Like it's just like super dope for me. Um, so I think I'm, I might be a super fan of Dead Lucky now too. To be honest, um, if teleportation is ever an option, I usually pick it. <laughs> so yeah. that I would lead towards that direction, but sure. Um, which is pink, right? Yeah, pink. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because yellow um, is a time traveler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Um, but yeah, it is a really cool, very, it, it's a, it's a universe that started with one book and is slowly building out. And I really like the pace mm-hmm. of them building because it doesn't feel like it's too much at any point. And I really like that. So yeah. Next up is the other massive verse book, which Josue did not get a chance to pick up. Unfortunately, uh, I'm behind two. I need to find them. Rogue Sun eight written by Ryan Parot, art by Abel, cause by Natalia Marquez and letter by Becca Carey. Um, we are going to the new arc and it's very interesting. Uh, basically his life has completely changed. Um, obviously we know what happened with his father at the beginning of the story. 
uh, his mother. We saw what happened with her recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's living with his stepmother and her kids. And they're all kind of on the same page now because originally the kids didn't like him and wanted his powers. Now they're all kind of working together. And uh, he has to train now and he has to go back to school. So it's kind of a reset of the story. Okay. And, and so we're starting to get like the school stories as well, but also the fighting stories. And he's he's kind of brutal as Rogue Son. He makes some pretty pretty hardcore choices. And I think that's going to lead to some major consequences for him coming up, is what I'll say. Oh, okay. Like, whereas Radiant Black seems more concerned about hurting his bad guys, Rogue Son doesn't really seem to care. Yeah, no, I've definitely gathered that. <laughs> and bad guys have families, is what I'll say. So, Oh, okay. I'll just say this. Th- I'm going to show you the last page. This okay. I'm not going to tell the audience, though. Ooh, sick. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that's that's the son of someone he put in the hospital. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yes. Yes. So, okay. So he's, so he's so he's going out creating more of more skeletons in the closet. Essentially, yeah. So really good though. I really enjoyed it. I, I like the dynamic between him and his step siblings mm-hmm. because they're trying to help, or especially the the daughter. She's trying to help. Yeah. She's his tutor, actually. Okay. But the young Damien like kid is just still an asshole, which is great. <laughs> I love that. So yeah, good stuff. All right, and that leads us to our final image book of the week. And again, as I did with the first issue, I'm going to give some brief thoughts about it, and then I'm going to pass it to Josue because I know. <laughs> so, Love Sick, number two. Story and art by Luana Vecchio. An English adaptation by Edward Chow. Um, it's really good. It's really twisted and violent and it's a lot. And there's a lot of... Whereas the last one really kind of was hyper-focused on one, like... Not one scene, but you know what I mean? This goes other places. Yeah. There's a hunting trip, for instance. Which I was... The part I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, I was like... And it's just it's just really interesting. We also... <sighs> hmm. We also see that there's obviously somebody opposing her with this. And something else might be happening and that might be the dri- the actual driving conflict which I really liked. Um I really liked it. I thought it was really cool. It's it's the other it, it's just funny that she's hunt okay, she's hunting people in furry costumes. And the fact that I read plush the same week also from Image was very <laughs> funny to me. So I was like, wow, what are the chances Image are putting out two hyper violent books starring furries at the same week? That's great. Um but yeah, really, really good. I really enjoyed it. Hosway, knock yourself out. I'm loving that I'm like two for two on like finding the like not even like going back to be like, oh, I got the perfect song. Like I've been finding these new songs in the perfect time as Love Stick comes out. Issue one had Snot, uh Snot's um oh, I forget what track. It was one of the new singles, but it perfectly went because uh went with that issue because the first issue really painted uh Domino as like the hero of like of like the show and this yeah. one just points are more complex and i really like how we're diving more into like what she does in this case i found a really great uh post-punk cover of don omar's um yo boy which is really good in this sense it, in this in a post-punk cover version of that song it opens up so beautifully because it says um um she does everything to, to seduce me doing everything uh, i do everything that she uh, that she asked for 
because she's the only one I ever wanted, being with her is not a crime. And so you're like, oh God, and like seeing and like hearing it in that perfect way, it did everything for this issue for me. So much so that I had to send it to Luana and she actually replied to me and, and she actually listened to it and she agreed. And I just, it made my night last night. So I did something right. And like, I read this book, right. And, and listened to it perfectly. So uh, keep it coming, <laughs> I, read, I read this book, right. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, definitely. And I was there a witness to that. So yes, that did happen. <laughs> yes. Definitely check out that song. It's really, it's, it's by, um, it's called Yo Voy post-punk version by Depression Postmortem. Nice. Super dark. <laughs> awesome. All right, well, that's the end of our image books. Uh, so let's oh, go sorry. move on. I also had to get the Danny cover, the Danny variant. I did see it. I was torn. So It was really Danny who approached Luana being like, yo, can I do a variant to your book? And Luana said like, and, and Danny, doesn't do, Danny doesn't do colors. So it was it was Luana that basically then like said like um, can I add colors to it and like they both made it made a deal uh, they both agreed with each other because they're both such that's fans am- fans of each that's other amazing oh and we we should before I forget the other big big news coming out of this is the last page the oh right right something for your mind from Wyatt and Luana the Bolero team reunited. Um, yeah, I'm gonna buy that in case anyone's wondering. <laughs> so, yeah, just want to throw that out there too. So, all right, so we're gonna move on to DC Comics, and uh, we're gonna start with the Justice Society of America number one. Uh, this is an interesting book. Okay, um, I'm very curious to know what's gonna happen here, and I'll explain why. Written by Jeff Johns, uh, drawn by Michael Johnen. Colored by Jordi Belair and a lot of guest artists and colorists. Uh, Jerry Ordway, Chris, Scott Collins, uh, Steve Lieber, Brandon Peterson, John Cleese, Jordan Boyd, and Brandon Peterson, as well as Rob Lay on the color, uh, letters. Okay, so this is the Justice Society. This is what, what, what we know as Earth 2 um, mm-hmm. with, you know, with uh, Huntress is Helena Wayne, not Helena Bertinelli. Okay. And so... Basically, it's a world where she sets up her own version of the Justice Society. And in this world, basically all the Justice Society are dead. Um, The only one left is Dr. Fate Mm -hmm. and her, basically. Well, in the beginning of the story, Dr. Fate dies. So she has her own version of the Justice Society. Oh, when I say the Justice Society, I mean the originals. We'll talk about that in a second. She sets up her own version of the Justice Society. And the only original to come back is Power Girl. Which oh, okay. I love Power Girl. Yeah, so hell yeah. Cool. But the rest of it is a crazy team. And yeah, yeah, we'll just talk about it. Uh, there's the Gentleman Ghost. Ooh, okay. Solomon Grundy. Ah! <laughs> Harlequin's son. Huh? Okay. Uh, Icicle 2. Mm-hmm. You might notice these are all bad guys. Yeah. Uh, the Mist, two, also. <laughs> <laughs> and Red Lantern, two. The original Red Lantern, the Russian one. Okay. Not, yeah, not Atrocitus. Right. So, basically, she got all these legacy villains to join the Justice Society. <laughs> and Power Girl's like, I hate this. I hate <laughs> all of this, basically. 
Uh, so they're like, okay, we're investigating the death of Dr. Fate. A dude shows up and proceeds to kill everybody. Every single one of them. So it didn't matter in the end. Because I was like, I was over analyzing the group. I'm like, this is interesting. How's this? Oh, they're dead. <laughs> like, okay. He, he kills... Uh, uh, the person who kills them has control of time. He walks up behind Power Girl to start with, with a thing of kryptonite, and then extends time so she's exposed to it for weeks, not just seconds. Oh, shit. Drains all of her powers and shoots her in the back with a gun and kills her. What the fuck? Yeah. He rewinds time for Gentleman Ghost to when he's back alive and then shoots him. Oh, yeah. gotcha. Yeah. Um, Solomon Grundy, he just hyper-ages Grundy until he just turns to ash, basically. Uh, just, just a bunch of really cool... He basically just wipes the floor with everybody except for Huntress. Mm-hmm. He starts aging Huntress when Catwoman shows up, her mother, distracts him while Huntress gets away. And now she is traveling through time back to the beginning of the Justice Society... And she has to save the Justice Society, essentially, is what it is. Now, here's my thing. We already have a book right now about the Justice Society in different eras being attacked and being killed. Oh, yeah. Are these going to tie together? Or are they going to tell the same story in two different ways? I, I'm a little worried that they're telling the story in two different ways. <laughs> um, I liked it. I love Helena. She's great. Kind of sad to see Power Girl go. And I'll be honest, Gentleman Ghost would be a really fun, good guy. That might be pretty fun, actually. <laughs> Grundy, too. I'd be okay with that. But they died, so I guess not. Um, interesting. Very interesting, especially coming out of Black Adam, where a lot of people are hearing about the Justice Society for the first time ever. Oh, yeah. And then they just killed them all. <laughs> like, I thought it was an interesting choice, but we'll see. Um, yeah, I don't know. It does say, I will say this, it does say the new Golden Age mm-hmm. in the tag, which is the name of the other book. Oh, yeah. So we'll see. Maybe maybe that was a one-shot setting this up. I don't know. I don't know if that's actually an ongoing. I should check. So. That's true. But we'll see. Um, I enjoyed it, though. I thought it was really good. Um, it does... I do kind of feel a little like... I hate when people set up a team and kill them immediately just to be like, look, gotcha. Yeah. Made you care about these characters, you know? <laughs> like, it only worked in Ecstatics. So... <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and boy, did it work. No. <laughs> Next up, Nubia and the Justice League special. Oof. I had to get uh, her first appearance, her first appearance variant. Oh, nice. I got the, the outfit. Default. Yeah, I got the default one. All right. Written by Michael Conrad, Becky Clunan. Art by Avanke Nahopan. With colors by Tamron Bonvillain and letters by Pat Brousseau. Oh, well, I assume there'd be like a bunch of variant artists. There's not good. Okay. Basically, Nubia shows up to be like, hey, I need to talk to Diana. And then she just has little adventures with all different members of the Justice League, which I really enjoyed. Um, she fights, um, she fights uh, uh, with Green Arrow and Black Canary. Uh, and I like that one probably the most just because I really enjoyed those characters. Mm-hmm. They, they fight Firefly, which is a lot of fun. Um, I also uh, really dug the um, Martian Manhunter Black Adam team up. I thought that was cool, too. I like Black Adam with Nubia. It does remind me of some of the, like, the old school Batman Wonder Woman tension in the Justice League, which I always really enjoyed. They never, I, I remember in, in, what was it, JLA Secret Files or whatever it was called, someone described it as, 
when royalty meets money. You know, it's like it doesn't ever really work. And I'm like, yeah, I really like that. This is obviously when a god meets royalty. So it's different, but still, you know, Black Adam just comes off like too much of an asshole. He just comes off like insecure. It is a bit much, but it's also her book. So I kind of let it go. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Um, Yeah. And uh, obviously the big three show up eventually. And essentially the discussion is, hey, should she be in the Justice League? And everybody's like, no shit. Of course she should. <laughs> um, so literally, like, <laughs> I, I, ironically, I'm going to re- reference the JLA Secret Files again. There's a great moment. It's after Superman turns to Superman blue, right? And um, they're trying to debate whether he should still be in the Justice League. And all these Justice Leaguers are giving him t- tests, like flashes, racing him, all this stuff. And they're like, all right, we just need to ask Batman. And they video call Batman. And Batman's working on something. He's like tinkering like this. And the video, the camera's behind him. And they're just like, it, it's just one line of dialogue that goes, it's Superman. Of course he's in. Stop bothering me. <laughs> it's like, it's just, it was like that. So that's kind of how I felt about Nubia. It's like, yeah, she's the queen of the Amazons and she's a fucking badass. Why are we having this conversation? So Also, why, just, hold, why hold the Justice League bag with just one Amazon? Like having two would be fucking sick. It's always been that like narratively it makes sense to have a team of like eight. But if this was the real world, have an army of like a hundred superheroes you know what i mean like so i always kind of like i hate the ways that publishers find to limit sizes like that mm-hmm. like the avengers i like the avengers one when they were like we're controlled by the government and the government doesn't want us to get too powerful which i thought was cool mm-hmm. but yeah just oh, oh no we can't have two amazons why the fuck not why wouldn't you want two amazons like so yeah if anything, i really liked it. this team like i think i saw it on twitter too like cut black adam and batman i think you'd have a much better team here Oh, Black Adam's amazing. Leave him alone. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was great. What'd you think? It, it, it was a lot of fun. Um, I'm God, it's like, just decide what you're going to do with Nubia. Like, let me see her consistently somewhere, not just from mini to mini. Um, I hope we, we don't get to see like the mascara less now, just because she's going to be in man's world. But I mean, like, like, like I said, it's, it's only the beginning and, and, she, and she does seem like she is very much focused on, wanting to also run the mascara while just wanting to be out here so yeah i'm, yeah. I'm excited for, for a future i just uh just the amazons are just so uncertain they're, they're just so unclear right now in the dc uh pipeline that's just like i mean yara floor is like nowhere to be found right now yeah exactly <laughs> we'll see but yeah at least she'll get a spotlight i think that's cool if yeah no, at the very least, like, the they, they haven't forgotten they haven't dropped completely dropped nubia yeah also um this is just a commentary I need DC to stop making stories that happen before Dark Crisis. I know we're way past that. Like even like I'm a, like, oh, Green Arrow's here, and they're like, this happened before Dark. Uh huh. Like, come on, man. Like, stop. Like, it, it was cool. Like, I like the beat where we're, where we're saying like, um, because I'm I'm reading the Wonder Woman title, um, and like just two issues ago is like the one when the, the Trinity were like up in the Watchtower. So I like that this one was in parallel with that issue, but then it's like, oh, but yeah, we're also this is like before before and like. We're past that. Like, please. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a lot. All right. That brings us to a book I picked up and I know Josue is going to pick up because I think he's going to love it. Blue Beetle Graduation Day number oh, one. Yes. I did pick up the English version because I don't speak Spanish. <laughs> uh, so uh, I've thoroughly enjoyed this book. This is the I think it won the round robin tournament this year. Okay. I'm pretty sure it did. I thought Written it was my job- for next year. Oh yeah, it would know when the first year, or the was it like Tomorrow the runner-up or something? 
it still got made. It was okay. it was in the round robin tournament. Uh, so, written by Josh Trujillo, art by Adrian Gutierrez, color by Will Quintana, and letter by Lucas Catoni. Um, I think you will really like this for several reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's of course Jaime Reyes, and he is. It's him graduating uh, high school. Okay. And him deciding what he's going to do. And the way they draw him, I think you will love. Um, also, they introduce a bad guy. Maybe they've introduced them before, but I'm not familiar with them. Called Fadeaway, who is uh, does appear to be non-binary. Mm-hmm. And has a really cool look. Um, has a, like, a nose bridge piercing. Oh, hell yeah. And, like... <laughs> <laughs> They're cute. Uh, basically, they can teleport, essentially, is what it is. Um, and you see their full costume. Here's a, here's a small shot of their full costume. Oh, cool. So, uh, but here's here's their drawing of Highmate. Oh, cutie. Hunk, right? <laughs> like, hell yeah, I'm here for that. And basically, he runs... or Something happens at his own graduation where he's forced to transform. And the... Um, basically, yeah, the Scarab makes him transform... Because the um, the reach, the people who control the scarab, are coming back, and they're planning to invade the 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 planet. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> there's actually a scene where um, where Superman shows up, and I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be Clark, uh-huh. and and he's eating a lote. <laughs> he's like, he's like, your mother makes such excellent elote, and she'll like, muchas gracias. And he starts speaking her in Spanish. And you're like, Superman, of course he knows Spanish. <laughs> like, there's, there's actually a lot of Spanish in this English version. I should mention. Oh, good. Uh, it's really cool. But basically, he's like, hey, why don't you stay home for a while? We'll take care of things. And he's like, huh? He's like, you're grounded. Basically, is what I'm telling <laughs> you. And he's like, okay, I guess. And so you find out that the Justice League are aware of the Reacher coming back and worried what will happen. Like, will the Scarab take control of him and join their side? You know, it's basically what it is. So, uh, but it's really cool. And there's a lot of really fun bits of art in it. But one of the best things is they introduced the yellow beetle. Ooh. And this is some Sentai shit right here. You will oh, love okay. this design. Oh, all about it. Oh, hell yeah. That's way more common writer right there. Right? Yes. Yeah, so I mean, also because the, the be the whole beetle part of it all. Yes. Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the introduction of the new bad guy, which is going to be the yellow beetle. So <sighs> bad guy turned into good guy, like in Common Rider. Oh, uh, baby, it's going to happen. That's why I was like, I know this way is going to get this. Oh, I'm going to jump. A, on it. it has that. B, it's full of Spanish. <laughs> like it's just great. Yeah, and I, I, I want to find that Spanish version. I, I really want to. Hey, you'll be in Arizona soon. I'm sure you can find a copy <laughs> <of> here. <laughs> so we'll go to we'll go to Samurai while you're here. Hell yeah. Um, Alright, now we're going to dive into some annuals. Because DC decided to put on all the annuals this week. All of them. Detective Comics. Yes. <laughs> oh, boy. Written by Rom V. Uh, art by Christopher Mitten, Raphael Berkirke, and Hayden Sherman. Letter, or colors by Lee Lefferich, and letter by Darren Bennett. This got me. I'm, I'm into it now. I was I was hesitant yeah. about the Detective Comics run so far with Rumby because it did seem kind of heavy and kind of like a big shift from the previous run, mm-hmm. which I really enjoyed. So I wasn't sure I felt about it, but the groundwork this set for the potential, I was like, okay, yeah, I'm here for this. So we flash back to the founding of Gotham or Gotham as it was, <laughs> and I just really loved the story of 
and tying it into the characters we know now. You know, anyways, yeah. I love the the whole she's a witch, you know, story, which is always fun. Uh, not for the witch, obviously. Um, but I really, really thoroughly liked it. I liked this era of a Batman look. Spoiler alert. Like, yes. I thought that was a cool costume. Um, I, I think it was cool. And I think it really set up something in the future very, very well. So what did you think? It was really cool. Like I, I like when annuals annuals can deliver something that's like going on with like the current arc, but still the, it can be its own beat. And I love that this whole thing was just like the 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 parallel parallel and rhyming that that we know of Gotham, um, but back in the day, it's just like I, I love that we got at least like for one spoiler. I like that it was um, Two Face that they they could have easily done a Joker, but they mm-hmm. went with the with the, the Two Face approach instead. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but all, all, all the other ones were just like were also very clever. Like the the Batman design, like the hat is like very Bloodborne style. So it's kind of like I kind of want to want to make a build like that too now. <laughs> um, but yeah, very very cool. Um, like the, this classic fist, fisty fisty cuffs panel was just really good. Yeah, that was that was very Frank. Is it Frank Miller? It was very Frank Millerish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really liked it. It's a good homage. So yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I I love that that we've known that oh that there's like this new cabal in Gotham running around like they've had this plan, but they've now we know that they've had this plan and like there's like this one little mistake is now looping over and over and over throughout the times and I, I like that story. It was actually really clever. Fucking Rambi. Yeah. Yeah. Nope, definitely piqued my interest now. I mean, yes. I'm definitely interested in the run now. So we'll see. Next up, Batgirls Annual 2022. Mm. Um, I really liked this one. It was a lot of fun. Um, creative team written by Becky Clune and Michael Conrad. Art by Robbie Rodriguez. Colors by Rico Renzi and letter by Dave Sharp. I really like how Robbie draws the Batgirls. I love it. So, um, Basically, they've all been living in a, in a loft together. The three Batgirls. Well, the story of this is that Barbara's clock tower is repaired, so she's going to go back. She's going to leave the loft to, to Cass and Seth. And they're kind of, like, anxious about it because it's like, you know, like, I'm going to leave you two alone. I'm worried. And they're like, we're going to miss you. It's this whole thing. Um, I love the intro here. Also, um, Alyssa Yao uh, is, has opened a boba shop. <laughs> nice. And... Um, but yeah, Barbara helps her open the the boba shop, and who loves boba? Cassandra Kane loves boba, <laughs> and then we get this amazing. I love this shot of Cassandra. Oh hell yeah! Yeah, like I'm telling you, Robbie knows how to draw these characters really well, and it's so I really casual. Like I fucking love her. Yeah, yeah. And she's at a museum, and she thinks she sees her mother, and oh. then looks, and she's gone. And then we are continuing the story with Steph dating Kyle from Gotham Academy, but they're taking it slow. And there's a, <laughs> they just have the moment where they're both like, I'm not ready for something serious, meaning they're, that's okay, let's be together, and you know, let's just figure this out. And it gives us this quick, cute shot of Steph because, oh, yeah. Focus. <laughs> She's Such adorable. Such a dork. Yeah. <laughs> but they hold pinkies as they walk, so that's cute. But it's also like they kick a lot of ass as well. And it's like, yeah, it's a really good issue, and I, I love it. And there's a moment where, Cass and Steph basically basically we get a Freaky Friday situation where they both kind of wish they could spend a, a day in the other's life and they switch bodies. And so it doesn't end in this issue. It's going into the next issue of Batgirls. Oh, okay. Um, 
So Steph's in Cass's body. Cass is in Steph's body. Well, Cass or Steph in Cass's body is taken by Lady Shiva, Cass's mother. Oh, uh, ooh. Cass in Steph's body is abducted by Steph's dad, who's a bad guy. Okay. So they're going to have to deal with each other's trauma, basically, is what's going oh, on. Oh, no. <laughs> and the communications are down, so they can't talk to Babs. So, mm. But there's like moments of them trying to be like, trying to pretend to be each other. Oh, but yeah. Stephanie never shuts up, and Cass never talks. <laughs> so, so it's completely failed, and I love it. It's just they're crazy. both being very weird. <laughs> yes, it's just a really talk. Like imagine Cass with the full mask, the whole face mask. You can't oh, yeah. see anything, just talking nonstop. It's <laughs> amazing. So yeah, I, I really enjoyed this. I'm curious to see where they're going to go with it, and like, what lessons will be learned? You know, <laughs> like so. Yeah. Next annual, final annual, Nightwing 2022. Holy shit. Yes, uh, holy shit is the appropriate response. This is some twisted shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's see. Creative team is probably at the back. Because there's a backup story and that's what they do. Uh, oh yeah, there's there's three stories. I forgot the Bitewing story. So there are three stories in this book. <laughs> Written by Tom Taylor. Are by Eduardo Pansica. Inked by Julio Ferreira. Colored by Adriano Lucas and lettered by Wes Abbott. Second story is a Bitewing story by Jay Kristoff, Eduardo Pasinka, uh, Julio Ferreira, and Adriana Lucas. And then there's one final story about Nightwing and uh, Super Superman, Superboy, but you know what I mean, um, by C.S. Pacat, uh, Inaki Miranda, Adriana Lucas, and Wes Abbott. Focusing on the first story, basically we get to see the birth of the anti-Nightwing because he was a, an orphan, essentially, a rich orphan for very different reasons than Bruce was. Um, and he's twisted and he's fucked up and essentially we find out who heartless is. And it's, we also get an anti uh, Alfred, which I thought was a really good touch mm-hmm. considering everything that Dick has gone through about Alfred. I thought it was right. a really good touch and it's twisted and it's, it's insane. It's just, I can't even express what, how it makes me feel and barreling straight to issue 100. I'm wondering what's going to happen now. And I'm like, I'm like side eyeing issue 100. <laughs> um, but yeah, we get introduced to this new, like, or not new villain, but we get the, the narration of his origin, which I think is really interesting. Uh, I'll also quickly talk about the bite wing story, which is basically the puppy bite wing having, an imaginary like adventure with Nightwing, except he ends up destroying the apartment, including eating what appears to be a PlayStation Five controller. Yep, and a Switch. And the Switch. That's an expensive puppy. <laughs> and there's lots of Barbara and Dick are going to have sex jokes, which I thought was great. Because um, yes, everybody should want to have sex with Barbara. And then um, the last story is actually really touching. It's Nightwing teaching John Kent how to be a hero better than Batman taught him how to be a hero because Batman's bad at it. So I really enjoyed all three stories. Uh, what did you think overall? It was a fantastic issue. It was, it was a really, I mean, especially the, the bite wing one, like, the fact that it was all a dream. It was, it was so weird. Like seeing like the brogues is like, wait, that's not right. <laughs> and it's like this little shit. Um, the, the, the mortal teaching a, a Superman how to fight. And like, but then Dick, Dick realizing like, Oh shit. Like it's not, 
like it'd be the coolest to be able to fly be able to like bounce bullets off of you and nothing nothing can happen to you but the amount the amount of a restraint you would have to focus on just to not completely or at all harm an individual like just even even a, a, a regular thug street level bad guy like him realizing like oh fuck like they're out there like punching bad guys left and right but like a superman has to like hold everything back that was actually really cool like a really cool insight right. on like just like these these two characters but yeah then the, the backstory on um I'm about to say fucking flatline, heartless. Um, <laughs> it was so it was so fucking brutal. It was like it was such a tonal shift. Like there's some dark moments, like it's like dark tones in Nightwing, but a whole focus, a whole tonal shift, focusing on the dark side of the Nightwing book was just like kind of jarring. But like, oh, I was eating it up. It was just like this fucking sociopath. Yeah, it was like, oh, I'm Rick Grayson. Just kidding. I'm Nightmite. <laughs> This kid likes killing people and has since he's a child and now he's a serial killer also, who steals hearts. Looking, it's like, what, what, what? I keep looking down at my chest and it's like, what would it be like to have like a two foot heart inside of you? <laughs> right? Yeah, I know. It's it's going to be interesting. And I love that he is the anti-Nightwing in every yeah. way. I, I always appreciate when that happens. I want to go back to the, to the specific issue that it called out and be like, fuck, it's like literally from the beginning. Like, it was yeah. there. <laughs> All right. That brings me to my final DC book. I'm not sure if Hosea picked it up. Uh, the Wildstorm 30th Anniversary. I'm not running through the creative team because this is the creative team. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so basically, it's a check-in with a lot of Wildstorm characters. Mm-hmm. I love Wildstorm. It, uh, it, it wasn't my... F- my, oh, well, my favorite image, early image characters weren't Wildstorm, but my favorite uh, publisher under image was Wildstorm. Um, I think it was the best balanced. You got Stormwatch, you got Gen 13, you got a lot of characters that I really care about quite a bit. Um, Backlash, which is one of my favorites, low-key one of my favorite superheroes is Backlash, by the way. Um, I've always really liked the character design a lot because I just think it's cool looking like to see here. I'm not sure if you're familiar. Oh, sick. Uh-huh. Like I like the hair coming at the top, mm-hmm. but everything else being covered, I always really liked. It's very 90s, don't get me wrong. Yes. But I love it, so. Um, it's just a fun check-in. I got the Gen 13 cover because I'm a nerd <laughs> and um also because uh Case just did a I saw the Superman analog <laughs> for Caitlin, so I thought it would be great. Um they do bring J. Scott Campbell back to do the Gen 13 story in here, uh-huh. which for me was a treat. I like J. Scott Campbell. I like his art. Uh, I know it's problematic. I know he draws some unrealistic things, but <laughs> I've actually already really, always liked the way he draws faces. I always really like that. For gotcha. Some so, um, and early Gen 13 was, I mean, it was a group of t- superpowered teenagers who had to go to college. Yeah. I mean, in, in La Jolla, California. <laughs> right. You kind of... <laughs> There's some it's everything. <laughs> it's everything for me, you know, and I love it. Um, in this one, it's them in the modern days, and it's really interesting because, like, Rainmaker is off at a protest, and their leader, uh, the old man John Lynch, is now like a right wing conspiracist. Oh god! And I'm like, oh, this is weird. Uh, Burnout is in his room smoking pot. You don't ever see him in the story because there's just smoke coming out of the underneath his door. And one of them says, just because it's legal now doesn't mean you have to smoke it 24-7. <laughs> Not um, true. And then, uh, and then there's a bit with um, 
grunge. Uh, grunge is always my favorite. Grunge, grunge and Freefall are my favorites. And basically, uh, Freefall sees on his phone that he's getting a bunch of matches on a dating app. Mm. And uh, she gets mad at him, all this stuff. Uh, long story short, she gives him a um, a smoothie. And he's like, there's no gluten in this, right? She's like, maybe a bit. And then he his powers react to the gluten. He's like, oh, no, you know what gluten does to me? What the fuck? And so he transforms. He wakes up and it was all a dream. And he's back in the 90s and they're listening to Head Like a Hole, which is great. And they're like, what was that? He's like, I had a dream. He's like, everything was futuristic. And everyone had these little TV camera music game phone things. And TVs were thin as glass. And he's like, you know. Bobby, you wouldn't believe what was legal. <laughs> like it's just great. Like I loved it. I, I like Gen thirteen. I am unapologetically like Gen thirteen. I know that Fairchild is currently in Wildcats, but if DC decided to try to give Gen thirteen another chance with a bit more of a control over what would be appropriate, mm-hmm. I would buy that in a heartbeat. I just want to make that very clear because I track I track to those characters too much. Also. I need you, at some point I want you to read Gen 13 number 13 because they did a three-parter for Gen 13 number 13 13A B and C where grunge I think he gets a concussion or something and he has he basically imagines himself in the images different image universes oh. it features guest appearances by Bone like <laughs> that was really great um uh, just every, it's like I, I started to list and there's so many I, don't, I can't even list them all but basically every major image character makes an appearance it's fantastic nice. so yeah anyways enough about Wildstorm which isn't even image anymore uh, let's talk about Marvel Comics and we don't have a lot this week it's kind of a small week it is a fifth uh, a fifth week a fifth Wednesday so that's why it was so small I realized because oh that's true they plan they plan their sales for four weeks, mm-hmm. and if there's a fifth week in a month, it usually gets what's left over. So, so let's talk about Marvel. Starting off with Planet Hulk World Breaker number one, written by Greg Pak, penciled by Manuel Garcia, inked by Cum Smith, colors by Chris Sotomayor, and letter by Joe Carmagna. I'm gonna talk about it briefly. Um, Josue is more of the Hulk expert than I am, especially this era and current era of Hulk. Um, but I really like it. I think we need more Amadeus Cho and everything. Oh, absolutely. Uh, so that's always a good thing. I like the massive time jump. I thought that was cool. Um, and yeah, I'm curious to see where that's gonna, actually going to go. I thought it was it was great. Um, also, there's a backup story with, with Scar, which I thought was really good, too, coming straight out of uh, Gamma Flight. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I think it's cool. It also sets up a really cool idea for an ongoing story with Scar about protecting other aliens, which I thought was really good. So um, what did you think? Um, really interesting start. Yeah, not enough Am- Amadeus Cho. And I like that we're still establishing that, like, if you're a Hulk, you're going to be long-lived. And it just sucks that, like, the shit that probably Amadeus has to, like, live through, at least Amadeus that we know of from the like from the Hulks that we're going to be probably uh, playing around with. Um, and it was, like, it was like, wait, what drove them? out of earth to come back to Sakaar. Like at least like Amadeus out of, out of anyone, out of everyone um, to come back here. And it's like, a, it's almost alluding that Bruce might still be around too, but it's like, it's, he's probably just like way more berserk. Um, well, he, it, I think that was him at the side of the water, like meditating. Oh no, no, you're right. You're right. Like the, the cliffhanger. Yeah. You're right. So it's like, so yeah, he's probably all powerful and yeah. And also not enough of Sakaar. Just, I mean like, just like to, to bring him more into like the fold. So him getting like the little, like, um, tag at the end. I was like, I'm also curious how he's going to come into the fold as well. 
But yeah, good start. Yeah, definitely. All right, next up is Captain America, Symbol of Truth, number seven. Written by Tochi Onobuchi, art by Iguara, letter by Joe Carmagna with colors by Jesus Abertov. Um, obviously, Joaquin is grounded, so Sam needs a new sidekick, whether he likes it or not. <laughs> and I know I this is you were actually talking about this quite a bit leading up to this point mm-hmm. because you were like, when is this character coming back? And yeah, Ian Rogers has returned <laughs> and he's nomad and he's kind of a prick and I already love him. So um, they basically have to work together on this new problem and, and nomad does not take orders very well. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty great. Um, but I think the real key to this issue is the final bit with Joaquin. Oh God. I'm worried about Joaquin and I hope this isn't permanent. I hope he can transform back and forth. We'll see. Uh, basically, it turns into a falcon-like human, which is terrifying. Yeah, more uh, falcon cause, cause, than man. Because <laughs> he was cute before. Don't do that. So, uh, But yeah, really good. I think this is a good arc. And reintroducing Ian now, leading up into Cold War, I think is a good idea. With that, especially so, with that prophecy, it's like, at least we have some part of the wording right coming to play. It's like, <laughs> Also, I like yeah. that it established like, where he's been or like, what happened to him, because I did forget that it was like at the end of Sam's first initial cap run um, about like the, about and how they call it. The, it's like the callback of what they thought happened to him at this little shit. Just, that just never bothered to say anything. Um, but yeah. Um, I'm like, I'm like in the, the Sam book and yeah, I'm really nervous about Joaquin because I kind of dropped out of champions when he was joining. So I'm wondering if there's like a side effect, I guess a callback to a side effect or something. I don't know. Maybe I think it's whoever hurt him probably did something to him is what mm-hmm. I'm hoping. So we'll see. All right, next up, the super extra thick Avengers Assemble Alpha. Did you get a chance to read this? Um, I did at least pick up number one because it was like the wraparound cover. And I got, like number I got. one. That one was cool, but I, I, yeah. the wraparound cover is going to be special. And at least I hope so. <laughs> but I'm probably just going to read this one because I have no idea what's what's been going on with Jason Aaron's Avengers. It's fine. Uh, so you haven't read it yet. Oh no no I did read it but it's just oh, like okay. I, was, but I have yeah. no context of like what's led up to this except for like when you talk about forever um, yeah. but yeah I, I, I probably won't follow this one all the way through uh, with Jason Aaron Brian Hitch Andrew Curry Alex Sinclair and letters by Corey Petit uh, a lot of things to juggle here uh, so we do have the Avengers uh, I think it's interesting that we do have Nighthawk and Valkyrie in the group. Uh, so that does set it at a specific time, mm-hmm. but it does it is after Black Panther left. So okay. that's interesting. Um, we got the prehistoric Avengers, which are fun, but I'm not super like attached to them. And then we got the multiversal Avengers, which I love the the female Moon Knight. I always thought she was great. That's the Iron Man or the Tony Stark Ant Man, uh-huh. and of course the All Rider. Now their army is going to come into play later on. I have a feeling so. Uh, but we also get to meet the, uh, what was it, Avenger Prime? Mm-hmm. And we don't know anything about him. We don't see him without a mask on. So we don't know who he is. I want it to be Phil Coulson. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think that'd be fun. The ultimate he's always, fanboy. Yeah, he's the ultimate fanboy. And look at, at the very beginning with all that shit on the wall. Oh, all yeah, those different mementos. The only other thing I think is Rick Jones. True. Would be fun, too. Yeah, so the beginning of it is kind of like the forced 
like bad guys fight or good guys fighting good guys. There's something wrong and we're, we're going to fight each other, but we know it's not going to last kind of thing. Even, also, even Cap calls it. I was like, no, we, we always we're do not, this. We're not doing this. <laughs> like, yeah. Also, I would like to point out that this Iron Fist is doing the Ginyu Force foes from Dragon Ball Z. And <laughs> I, I just love that. So, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's interesting. They have a big fight. And then the Masters of Evil show up the multiversity masters of evil and basically wreck them without trying Mm -hmm. which i really enjoyed we got to see you know destiny phoenix just completely take someone out of the fight entirely we got to see doom be like a badass you know source of supreme um it's just really really cool there's a lot going on but then we also get to see doom do some really fucked up gory shit (laughs) <laughs> um, specifically to Agamotto, who is the source supreme of the prehistoric era, and the star brand star Red brand. Hulk, <laughs> which I I was like, oh my god! Like my lip curled a bit when I saw. I was like, oh my god! He turned um, Star Brand into a bailet to listeners. If if you can yeah, get that reference, <laughs> he, yeah, he just balls him. <laughs> so, <laughs> he gets on a melon baller. <laughs> um. And then we get the full reveal of the whole group. So it's your first time seeing the whole group. Yeah. What do you think? Um, this is insane. The, the young Thanos is just like hilarious, but the King Killmonger, you did tell me about that, that one. Um, that's scary as fuck. What's the combination of the Black Skull? Uh, Red Skull and Venom. That's right. That's right. Shit, that's so bad. And do we know who Dark? Oh, no, you said that was Destiny. Yeah, she's got the Destiny mask. I think it's Destiny because she has Destiny's mask on. That's true. Um, so. But yeah, this is such a crazy fucking team. Yeah, it's great. It's just ridiculous. And yeah, it seems to be that's what the, the crossover is going to be. Uh, and we get to Robbie finally makes the appearance. And Robbie's going to be the hero. He's the all-rider. And then he can't transform. It's like something's holding him back. And they need him to do that because he's the one who's going to solve everything. We know that. So... Um, been really interesting. I've loved Avengers forever, so obviously this is important start for this big crossover. There are a couple characters from Avengers Forever I wouldn't mind seeing in the 616 universe in the end, Ooh. including uh, getting Robbie back, of course. But also, um, we'll see in a couple issues, they're bringing back the granddaughters of Thor, who are badasses. <laughs> okay. So I'm really excited about that. So Good stuff. I'm glad you picked up the one, so you at least have like a basis. Oh yeah, you get the context, so. yeah. Plus, you can read it digitally on Marvel Unlimited. Okay. So, all right. Next up, Strange 8. I had to pick up this variant cover because I loved it. Constructed by oh, Greg yeah. Land. <laughs> <laughs> um, I liked it a lot, though. Written by Jed McKay. Art by Stefano Landini. Uh, penciled by Marcelo Ferreira and re- inked by Roberto Poggi. Colors by Hava Tartaglia and letter by Corey Petit. And this one was really, really good. I really enjoyed it. It tells the backstory about WAND, this organization related to S.H.I.E.L.D. that's stopping magic. And why we've never heard of it before. And it was very much a century thing where it was like, you were we, the magic told you not to remember it. So it never, it's always been here. You just didn't know. And I'm like, great. I love that. I, I love that story. That's always funny. Um, but it was really cool. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I like the story with Clea 
and how she can't touch Doctor Strange. Yeah. And she's watching other people hug him. And I'm just like, oh, that's brutal. Like, and she's not the kind of person to hold back. You know what I mean? She's very much an emotional person. She very much does what she's going to do. Also, Strange and his dog seeing each other again. Amazing. So, <laughs> so I really liked that. I thought it was really cool. What do you think? Um, you know, a, a good issue. I like how this week, uh, we, this like what, like the third issue we talked about that's like more, more of a backstory where we get to find out more of like the, the villain in this one. Um, yeah. With the, yeah, like the, that negative person that like erases the whole existence and it's like even double down on it. It's, it was a cool backstory. Actually, like after eight issues, we actually got like a legit Doctor Strange out of Jed McKay with like the backstory. He kind of like we got to see yeah. him like the first time in a while. Um, but yeah, like, so solid, solid stuff. And yeah, the Clea thing, like there was a reference in, at the end of the last issue, but then seeing kind of how her, how, how much it's hurting her like, that she can't get close enough, and it's like, ah, oh, that sucks, girl. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Which leads us to our other magical book, Strange Academy Finals Number Two. Written by Scotty Young, art by Humberto Ramos, colored by Edgar Delgado, and lettered by Clayton Cowles. Um, basically, it's the day to clean up the school <laughs> because because they can't use the mindless anyone's anymore. The students have to clean up the school, but before then, all of the people that Emily took with them, or a lot of the people that Emily took with them, came back to the school. I should mention also, I did get the A, but I also got the trading card cover. Oh, I considered it because I love those. So, um, but yeah, it's just like another strange or, or uh, strange Academy thing. We really love where they're cleaning up the school and they're using their powers to do wacky fun things. I always really enjoyed that, but they also hear that Calvin's back in town and they go to rescue him. And I really, really enjoyed this. I thought it was really cool. Um, <laughs> I like, um, I like Chloe, uh, or sorry, I like the um, Zoe. Sorry, I was I was looking at something else when I was talking. I, I like the Zoe stuff where she's you know approaches Gaslamp. She's the one approach. Oh, you know, I want to look good. I'm you know it's she blah, looks blah, like best there. Yeah, she looks cool as shit. Yeah, um, basically to distract him, and they go in for the rescue, and it doesn't go at quite as planned, and. There's a big explosion, long story short. Um, I would like to point out that Dog Kid... Do we know Dog Kid's name yet? <laughs> do, do we don't? He's not, in he, the, he's not in the cast at the beginning. He, he should be great. in the cast. I love him. He should be more involved. I, I want to know who he is. I want to know what he's about. So if you guys are listening, by all means, please tell me more about Dog Kid. Um, secondly, as always, we really enjoy our Strange Academy info pages. <laughs> and this is a list of the extracurriculars. Now, they have a soccer team, Strange Academy Football Club, and they're talking about their results playing other teams. And for those of you who are Ted Lasso fans, they played AFC Richmond and won 1-0, to zero, which I love because that's the team from Ted Lasso. That's very <laughs> funny to me. I like the idea that someone approached Ted Lasso and be like, you want to have an exhibition game with our, our high school team? He's <laughs> like, sure, let's do it. We'll travel to America, to New Orleans. To beat up a bunch of kids and lose. <laughs> like, I love that. <laughs> like, I really like it. Um, all of these are very funny. I really like the HE double hockey sticks. Uh-huh. Are hells really that bad? Like, I thought that was great. <laughs> um, and, of course, the very bottom. Please note that the student-run Morbius fan club is yes! not an official school-sanctioned club. It will not count towards any extracurricular requirements. And then the note, 
We just think he's neat. <laughs> MFC. <laughs> yes. That's going to be a thing. Like, yes. I'm going to actually today's episode is going to be called Morbius Fan Club. So, yeah. <laughs> I really liked it. I thought it was a great issue. I I realized how much we missed this book when it was gone. Yeah. Fuck, I love it. Just tell me more about Dog Boy, though. But I'm serious. Oh, so me too. I, me too, because he is just being more in the background, being more of a figure. He does have sometimes like the main one liners that like anybody else could have had, and like, they're giving it to him. So, me too. I, I, I am curious who, who that kid is. Um, but that scene though with uh, Zoe and Gaslamp, like the initial scene, it's like it's like I, I love how Humberto Ramos just makes her look so ghoulish, like on purpose, obviously yeah. because she's a zombie. But it's just like it's some of the best like way she's just drawn. I love I love her so much. Even even like like Toth as well, like like often because like he looks so cool like being in the dark. But uh, Zoe just looks so fucking sick like when when she's transformed. Yeah, and we never talked about the cosmetics of Gaslamp. I love mm-hmm. the way guys some strong like the, oh, the shadow. We never see anything. Mm-hmm. I really like that. Even, so. even down to the, to the, the creepy puppet that does all, all the talking too. I, I like I like that little thing too. Yeah, really really cool. So, all right, and our sole Spidey book of the week is Spider Man Double Trouble with Peter Parker Miles Morales. I got catchphrase drum roll, Peach Moko cover. Okay, well that I do want to get. Oh God, look at, that look I at do Miles's want. narrow head. I, I, I love like it. that. Yeah. It's really cool. So, written by Mariko Tamaki and Vida Ayala. Oh. Good choices, Marvel. <laughs> uh, yeah. Artist is Gori Hiro and letters by Corey Petit. This is, if you guys are familiar with Thor and Loki Double Trouble, which was really, really, really good. Uh, this is similar, except it's about Miles and Peter. And in this, my, uh, Peter and Venom are roommates. <laughs> so this gives you an idea of their relationship okay i want everything i didn't know it was like this what i didn't know it was like this <laughs> it's, it's fantastic um peter's like it's bring your sidekick to work day and miles is like i'm not your sidekick am uh-huh. I? <laughs> exactly <laughs> good good man <laughs> and so peter reveals he has a warehouse with all of the weapons that his enemies have attempted to kill him with <laughs> And Miles goes, he's like, I mean, doesn't like get robbed all the time? And Peter goes, oh, yes, all the time. <laughs> kind of mystifying, really. And he's like, well, your security system is a key card. He goes, true. <laughs> and he's basically like, so he's like, long story short, they're just looking through the warehouse. It's, it's you know, it's a lighthearted story because it's one of these double troubles. Oh, yeah. And Peter goes, this is, this is the dumbest gag ever. And I loved it. Peter goes, hey, can you turn the lights on for the back room? And then Miles is looking at this wall of stuff. He's like, uh, and he sees this lever marked light, but it's an acronym. <laughs> yeah. So he pulls it, and this thing powers up. Oh. And they're like, what the hell? And Peter's like, what'd you do? He's like, I turned the lights on. He's like, I just fixed the switch. He goes, that's not light. It's light. <laughs> and the acronym is spelled the underneath, and it says, this is what it stands for. Look, it's got horrible things inside (laughs) it's amazing i was like that's such a dumb joke and i love it basically like oh we'll turn it off they flip the switch again and it gets more powerful and this thing flops out this fuzzy thing Uh uh-huh and peter's like shit i better catch that and miles is like i'll wait here i guess and he leans against it and three more come out (laughs) they're like shit and then this happens oh god no 
and they all start coming out. Peter doesn't know. Miles is actually trying to crawl all these while Peter gets to the one. And there's a great shot where he's able to web them all, and he's dragging them back. <laughs> I love this book so much. Guru Hero needs to make books for comic books forever. Uh, but basically, they go back, and then Miles is sucked into a, an artifact, and now he's trapped in this alternate world or something. Mm. And so we'll we'll take up from there. But yeah, it's just so much fun. Okay, I do want to follow this. Like just Venom being the roommate. That's that's perfect. <laughs> he burns. He burnt a bunch of toast, <laughs> and so the entire apartment smells. And then, and, and the reason they're at the warehouse is because uh, Peter found a thing in in Venom's closet that people had used to kill Peter in the past. And when they're talking about the break-ins, they're like, "Wait, Miles is like, did Venom steal that?" He goes, "Yeah." I really should kick him out. <laughs> this is great. But yeah, uh, dude, give me Venom Spider-Man sharing apartment. I'll read the shit out of that book. Absolutely. So. And then finally, a very brief journey to Krakoa, but what a journey. Oh. <laughs> Might be my book of the week. <laughs> nice. Written by Leah Williams, drawn by Carlos Gomez, color by Brian Valenza, letter by Travis Lanham. It is Exterminators number three. I love the way they're doing this where they're they're retroactively telling the story <laughs> to to the council and it you see what they're wearing at the council and you're like something hilarious is going to happen here but they're trying to like they're trying to tell the story and they keep jumping around a bit which are like I also love the lack of like patience xavier has for this entire process yep. which i really think is great He's so flustered <laughs> also i love the bit about talking about uh dazzler's butt yep and then all the girls in the council start snorting and coughing and laughing <laughs> which i thought was really great um and then yeah um uh, tabby and jubilee go on an extended jokes joke run about her butt saying it's so fat kakoa had to sign its own zip code <laughs> Roller rink in the front, five star bakery in the back, award winning cakes. <laughs> Ass so fat, ego the living planet tried to orbit. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I just love that. That's one thing this book can do that I really enjoy. Like just being unapologetically ridiculous and amazing. Um, Dazzler, of course, her powers work by sound, so she's trying to get the the group to cheer or the audience to cheer, so she can blow the place up. People cheer. It's not loud enough. What does she do? She makes Tabby take her boobs out who then uses them to sh- shoot off two uh, two of her bombs <laughs> out of her tits and of course the crowd are like yes <laughs> i was like weren't those explosions pretty loud and i was like wait a minute but yeah of course i would be you know cheering too then they're able to blow the place up but of course that doesn't solve the problem because there's more to it and we got a little tease that they got sent to space and now we know who it is the collector. So the collector is trying to collect them, and it looks like he's specified one bombastic mutant and one regenerative mutant. Toss the redundancies out of the airlock. So I think it's it's so much fun. He might be the ones that puts them in the costumes that they have at the end. Probably. Because that seems like something he would do for his display. You know what I mean? Yeah. But we'll see. I'm having a blast with this book. It's so much fun. I saw someone, uh, I can't remember, it was one of the other combo creators tweet, this should be an ongoing. Yeah. And I was like, you know, it, I, I like part of me was like, no, this is a lot of fun as a mini. And I'm like, no, fuck it. I don't care. Give Leah Williams an ongoing forever. Like, I think Leah Williams deserves an ongoing. Uh, yes. But this is just so fucking fun. I, 
Yeah. The fact that it is part of Krakoa, it's not just like a, like the murder world book where it's like, could be, maybe, who knows, headcanon. This is very much on, on board. And I love just how Leah Williams just like take, takes these girls out literally and how much fun they just have with themselves. It's, it's fucking great. Yeah. I love it. It's just so much fun. So that's it. That's all the books. It was a very small week, as I said, a fifth Wednesday. So what else have you been reading? Anything in the last week besides everything for the Remy's? Um, just just getting stuff for the for the Remy's. And I'll, I'm also be, I'll be visiting home this week. So I'll just, it's just getting stuff ready. Gotcha. Uh, I will give an update. I uh, got the most uh, the most recent uh, audiobook for Terry Pratchett in the re-releases, which is <laughs> Mort, which is the fifth book, fourth or fifth book. And I've already listened to it all the way through. Really good. Great story. It's about Death taking an apprentice to take oh. over the business when he steps down. That's cool. And it's really good. And it's very funny. <laughs> and like Death has a daughter oh. and it, it's a girl that whose parents died and he just took her in. So she, she's like 60 something, but she's never aged. She's like a teenager. <laughs> and there's Death is kind of like hinting that he wasn't looking for an apprentice. He's looking for someone to marry his daughter, maybe. And he <laughs> Because he's a skeleton, there's a lot of jokes about like him elbowing people and then being like, it really hurt. Like, because he's just a skeleton <laughs> and stuff. It's great. So, my favorite part of the book, and I was talking about it, Liz, is there's a moment, like you've seen a lot of movies, where one person's saying a sentence and then it cuts to someone else in another scene finishing the same sentence. Mm-hmm. And they do that between chapters. And so that person finishes the sentence and then the paragraph below explains. What we just did there was we adapted a cinematic trick to fiction form. I think it worked quite well. (laughs) So good. So yeah, I love that book. It's really good. I also, I finished the destiny New York short stories. Ooh, they're really good. It's not the ones that are at the end of the volumes. Uh These are entirely other ones. The two from the Halloween special are in there, Mm -hmm. but there's lots of others. Okay. I also read, gangster ass barista <laughs> how was that i love trinity so much <laughs> she's my favorite character this only reinforced that she's she's so funny like i love her to death i adore her she awesome. you find a lot about her backstory <sighs> and about why she is the way she is and it's really interesting especially about her dad <sighs> and 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 the biker gang she used to be a member of at the beginning of the series oh, uh-huh. and, yeah, there's a lot that goes on on there, so it's really cool. I really enjoy it. Um, the only uh, well, Lilith plays a very small part. Augustine's all over the book <laughs> because she still works at the cafe, and so they work together. And it's 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 kind of in that period where you're not on volume three yet. Hmm. Oh no, there's a period where her and Augustine become really good friends mm-hmm. out of nowhere because he didn't like her at first. Yeah. And then there's some like really good friends. This is that period of them becoming friends. Okay. And it's really good. It's really fucking good. So I finished that one. I have Cherry Gilbert Necromancer mm-hmm. and Smokeweed See the Future to read. Yeah. And I'll be caught up. So very excited. Uh, he did amount he did announce Smokeweed See the Future too. Did I sent you the covers? Did you check those out? Yeah. Yeah, another sexy cover, which I was like, oh, Pat, you're amazing. So uh, other than that, I have not been reading anything. Every moment I have free, I've been working on the Rimmies or I've been playing either Overwatch or Pokemon. Uh, Pokemon Violet, I should say. So which is really good, by the way, in case anyone's wondering. So 
that is it. Those are the issues that we had this week. Make sure to check us out on Twitter. You can find me at WHI Podcast Keith. You can find our producer Liz at WHI Podcast Liz. You can find Hostway at Hostway Reads Hostway. You can find the show at WHI Podcast. You can find our other show, Jukebox Vertigo at Jukebox Vertigo. This is our other show that Hostway hosts, where we build playlists every other week based on a randomized musical category. Um, it's a lot of fun. We hang out with some of our good friends, some special guests. We always have a good time. The most recent episode that came out was duets. And um, it's a nice intimate group. It's just me, Josue, and our co-host, Manda. And we, we go through that. It's a lot of fun. Make sure to check that out. That is live right now. The episode after that, which will come out not this Monday, but next Monday, is Sample Size, where you add songs that were sampled in other songs. Um, I'm very excited about that one because I found a website that tells you every sample in every song ever. Makes it so easy. <laughs> it makes it so much easier. Uh, so it's really a lot of fun. It's also really cool because you're like, if you like a hook, you can figure out what that hook is. Oh, totally. like, I really like that. So, um, but yeah, really excited about that. Uh, so you can check that out at Jukebox Vertigo on Twitter. Now you can also find Josue on Twitch at Josue Plays Josue. Not for the next week or so because he's going to be out of town, but whenever a new episode of Jukebox Vertigo drops, Josue, usually that same evening, will do a listen party where he listens to all the songs that we added to the playlist that week. It's always a lot of fun. You get to know the people that are there because it's usually the same people, which is a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, make sure to check that out live because it usually gets muted by Twitch. And so you can't check it out afterwards. Also, finally, we need to talk about the Remy's. So <laughs> our end of the year awards are the Remy's. The last episode of We Have Issues Before This One is our nominations. A Remy stands for Recognition of Excellence in Media's Multiple Industries, in case you were wondering. Um, we nominate the entries in the categories, but our audience votes on who should win. So check us out on Twitter, as I said, at WHI Podcast. You'll see the Remy link there to vote. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pin it to the top so it's our top pinned tweet. Um, make sure to vote there. You can go vote and vote for every category. If you only want to vote for one category, go for it. It's fine. Just vote for whatever you feel. There's also going to be a Remy's for Jukebox Vertigo. We're going to pin that one as well. So you can go vote. You have the entire month of December to vote, but we ask that you try not to wait till the last second. Vote early because we want to get an idea of who's winning. And uh, oh, I should also mention Hostway does not see the progress of the votes. I do because I have to keep track of it <laughs> and, you know, figure it out. But Hostway will know at the end like everybody else. Yeah. Once the month of December is over, we will release a special episode announcing the winners. Um, and we're going to do different things for Jukebox and, and we have issues. We'll talk about that later on. But make sure to check that out. Once again, the Remy's on our Twitter's WHI podcast and Jukebox Vertigo. And those are the issues that we had this week. Make sure to, or don't forget, excuse me, to backboard and box your new treasures. And we'll see you next week with a new batch of beautiful books. Stay safe and read more comics. Hey, Nerf Herders. You sure you want to go with that? Hey, everyone. There we go. Inviting. Have you ever had a movie that you really wanted to love, but something holds you back? Or one that you did love in spite of a flaw? Well, I'm Case Aiken. And I'm Sam Alisea. And on another pass, we sit down with cool guests to look at movies that we find fascinating. But flawed. And we try to imagine what could have been done when they were made to give them that little push. We're not experts. We just believe in criticism. Uh, constructive criticism. Shh. 
sure. So come take another pass at some movies with us. And every now and then we can celebrate movies that did it on their own too. You can find us at certainpov.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Pass it on. 